A lot of you are familiar with the DNA Project and have been rocking with us for a while, but some of you aren't. A lot of you are faithful listeners of the podcast, but aren't familiar with some of the other work that we do. So I just want to take a quick moment to explain to you a little bit more of what we do. So you're getting married, or you have a friend, a cousin, a sister, somebody you know is getting married. Okay. You've booked your venue, caterers, photographer, all that good stuff. When it comes to live music, most people have no idea where to look. We have you covered. Picture this. During the ceremony, while guests are being seated, or while the bride's walking down the aisle. During the cocktail hour, while guests are just mingling and having a good time. Don't forget about dinner music. That's very important to set the mood while guests eat. And we definitely can't forget the party. Let's get the party started right now with The DNA Project. www.thednaproject.ca for more information. Hello, bonjour, and wagwan, everybody. Thank you for joining us one more time on the DNA Airwaves. Today, I'm riding solo. My partner in crime, Anthony, is not here with us. He's out conquering the world, but the show must go on, and we will uh, we will send out our thoughts and prayers to Anthony while he conquers the world and hope to see him again soon. I promise you will see him again soon. But today, we are joined by Canadian singer-songwriter, The Honest Guy. Thank you so much for being here. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. My pleasure. It's warm outside, so it is really nice outside today. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I won't keep you too relatively long. Relatively warm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's okay. December warm. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, thank you again for joining us. We really kind of want to just you know get into a conversation about you and your whole music um, journey. And I guess we we usually typically start at the beginning. So I I'd like to ask you, uh, what was your introduction into music? Oh, I, I, my parents always have this thing they say about me being a baby. Mm-hmm. And whenever I hear songs in the radio, like, or in TV, like ads, yeah, um, I would, I would keep singing it. Right. And I'd cry and make sure that they sang it too. On, <laughs> that I wouldn't stop singing. I wouldn't stop crying until they sang it. <laughs> okay. And they'd be, they, 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 sometimes they'd be like, uh, like they felt like clowns because I was, they felt like they were playing to me. And if not, I would scream so loud. Oh, wow. And that's pretty much their earliest um, <laughs> memory of music, which is crazy. Cause my friends, my friends are right now, they, they sometimes get mad at me. Cause if I'm walking, if I'm not listening to music, I'm consciously singing something. Right. right. And I'm so big on like catchy melodies or catchy hooks. Right. So it's like, it it, 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 it still runs deep up until now. So that's pretty much my earliest memory. I've loved music since I was, since I could remember anything. Right, right. I think uh, most singer-songwriters have that itch as a young child, uh, going from like hearing a song on C- on TV. Jingles, I think, yeah, is definitely another one. There were yes. so many catchy jingles, especially growing up yeah. in the last 20 years. There's some that still ring through my head <laughs> uh, all yeah, the time. Yeah, exactly. All the time. Yeah. Um, but what, what made you actually... Th- start to take it a little bit more seriously like uh was it in high school or was it when you got to first touch an instrument what was the moment where you were like i actually want to try and pursue this so i music has always been my thing i remember just it's always been something i loved like i could talk about music for hours this is throughout high school right um i was always like and i at first i wanted to be a manager of an artist i okay. wanted to be a manager of a friend of mine who was, was in high school right um and then and i remember when i was in university i wanted to go to management school in florida there's a there's a school called full scale full, is it full scale right 
Full Sail, I think it is. Okay. It's a, like a music school. And I was trying to tell my parents I was going to go. My parents are Nigerian. I'm Nigerian, by the way. Got you. Okay. So, and they were strictly about me not going, doing it. I remember my mom crying and just being like, you can't do this. You're going to embarrass us because wow. I was raised to, to, you know, have to do, you know, be a lawyer, engineer. You know, the yeah. African story of, course, yeah. of like educated African parents. They want you to follow in their path in some way. Yeah, for and sure. I just kind of pushed the dream to the side, but I, I consciously was always creating music. And it started with me hearing music and creating. So I would hear a song by maybe a Beyonce or Sean Paul or something. And I start creating my own melody. Yes, so it's yes. like, I'm listening to the song, but while I'm on the song, I'm thinking of other ways that the song could yeah, have gone, yeah, yeah. other melodies Your that I could have used on the song. Of the, of and the then, uh, exactly. Yeah. And from then on, I, I, I had a relationship, like one of the first few heartbreaks I ever had. Right. And I remember just like not knowing how to deal with it. And I remember just being at my friend's house and I was like so heartbroken. And I just, I wrote a song. Wow. And I was like, and I didn't believe I wrote it. I, it was almost like scouring the internet. Like, did I hear this song before? Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, it started once and then it became like this thing where, you know, it's like almost like a movie where Spider-Man realizes that he has like superpowers. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you start doing it every time because you're like, man, maybe it's a, maybe it's just maybe it's a fluke. And then you do it again and you do it again and you do it again. And at a point in time, I, I, I kept I worked as a financial advisor and I remember just every single day just felt so grueling because I felt like I had this thing that made me feel so happy. And then I'd be and I couldn't listen to music because right. in my other jobs that I've had up until that moment, I could just listen to music and just tuck away. Yeah. But as a financial advisor, I had to meet up with clients all the time. Right. And I remember just one one time I had like a, a client and I, a couple of times I had clients and a melody was in my head. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I told my client, do you mind if I go use the washroom? And I went to go use the washroom and I'm making melodies and my and I'm recording things on my voice notes. Yeah. My manager is like knocks on the door like. Rebecca, what are you doing? And, and, I, and I just look at her like, oh. And then at that point, I was like, you know, I got to do this. I read this book called The Alchemist. Mm. And it just transformed my view of what it takes to follow your dreams. Because at right. that point, I was like, you know, maybe it's too late. Yeah, um, yeah, I hear you. And, you know, I took the first step. And the first step became the second step. And we're here so far. That's beautiful. And I'm glad that you ultimately decided to not ignore what was in your soul, which is to make music. I know a lot of people that come from Caribbean and African backgrounds, their parents have a lot of aspirations, you know, of what they want their kids to do. And for some reason, the arts make them so sad. And it's unfortunate yeah. because there's so many talented kids that just out of the approval of our parents or for the love of our parents we decide to really try and make them proud and go and take the route that they want us to take based off of you know we feeling that we owe it to them for the life that they may or may not have provided for us you know what i mean so exactly totally yeah and you can never that. really be you can never really be afraid of disappointing people because right. like i was still afraid of disappointing my mom yeah i remember her crying when i was in high school when i was in university trying to go to this music school and then, you know, as I started to pursue the music and as Afrobeat started to become big yeah. and, you know, she starts seeing the wealth that's generated from like music mm -hmm. for her. She was, I remember her crying a couple of years ago because she was like, I feel like I held your dream back. And, right. you know, and it's just, and, you know, and it, it, it's one of those things where you have to, you, you can't be afraid of disappointing people. Right. You don't want to disappoint yourself at the expense of other people because that's just their interpretation of what it 
means like to be successful. Hundred percent, and that's yeah. I think like you like you just said. We've talked about this a couple times with many artists. Is the perception of success always is kind of skewed for some people. Like, for example, our parents don't see the range. They think if you're not on TV, you're not a successful artist. Whereas, like, if as a person, if we can provide for our families and you know make a decent wage, that to me is a successful artist. And so I think that sometimes people have this this uh incorrect idea of what success actually means yeah especially for singers and songwriters like yourself um exactly that's uh yeah that uh, it's it's tough because i can i can understand your mom's heartbreak when she realizes that she may have been actually hindering her son from fulfilling something deep within his soul or you know a purpose in life just out of the sake of security, just wanting the actual best for their child. So some people want their children to be safe and some want them to be strong. And it's tough to understand, you know, what that what that's like from a parent that's trying to not suppress, but they just ultimately want the best for their kids. And sometimes they don't see that, you know, sometimes they're doing the opposite by, you know, being upset that they want to pursue the arts. Exactly, yeah. So uh, I know you touched on your Nigerian background and you mentioned that your mom kind of started coming around um, when she started hearing the success of Afrobeats. So how how do you feel that your background and your heritage has influenced your songwriting? Um, it's not influenced. It's influenced directly, but indirectly at the same time. Okay. Like I'm not, I'm, I don't make Afrobeats music by any means. Right, of course. Yeah. And I don't really have an interest. I've always loved R&B. Yeah. But and I've also always leaned more to funk. And if you listen to Afrobeats, a lot of Afrobeats you can like. A, one of my favorite Afrobeats artists is named Ashake. Okay. And he doesn't he doesn't speak English at all. But I've and I I thought it was just something I loved because of my connection to being Nigerian. But I've met a lot of people that don't understand the thing he's saying. Right, right. And they love him, you know, because Afrobeats is built on melody. Right. It's catchiness, yep. and a lot of times. A lot of the artists like uh, Whiskey, Davido, Burner Boy, Thames mm-hmm. are all from are mostly Yoruba, gotcha. and Yoruba is a tribe. Okay, and Yoruba is so melodic. Like uh, even my like even the way we speak is melodic. It's all about tones and stuff. So it's a very strong melody. So I think in music, it's affected me by always making sure that the melody is always really good. And people, I want whenever somebody listens to my music. I want them to be able to leave whatever they're doing, leave the music and walk away, walk to the park and still have a part of the melody stuck in their head. Mm. Um, and that's pretty much my litmus test into what kind of music I put out. Um, and also I started discovering a lot of funk music, which I tend to, some of my music tends to lean on. Yeah. Um, that is also Nigerian. And, and it also blew my mind because I, I realized that I come from a heritage of funk and disco too. That's big in Nigeria, but, we it was never really cultivated right and would you ever try to actually dive deeper into that side at any point in time yeah yeah so i i still want i want to be able to like at some point in the future when i have the budget for it um i want to be able to build up on on like the like aspects of funk and jazz yeah yeah that but a lot of times it takes um all working with partners that are skilled at it you know right because jazz is Jazz is, is it needs scale. Yeah, yep. like funk needs scale. You can't, you can't, you fake can it. program it, but yeah, you can't, yeah. you can't exactly, you can't just, you can't fake it, you can't program it. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. can program it, but it's only to a certain level. Agreed. So 
I, I, I feel like I'm just, it's one of those things I keep in the tuck for the moments where I have the resources to be able to manifest those dreams. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Um, and do you prefer writing in like co-writing sessions or do you, do you majority of the time write by yourself? So a lot of my songs are written by myself. Yeah. Um, I, I, uh, and I write them. It's funny because I also love running and running was just something where I started picking up as something to, cause I didn't really, I, I love running outside. So I, even in the winter time, I'll run outside, oh, I'll take okay. a run. And I usually write a lot of my songs while I'm running. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, it's just, it's, I, it's, I, it's crazy to people when I tell them, Yeah, yeah. but for me, it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's just how I feel like, when I'm running, I feel at that point in time, my, um, my conscious like brain is not blocking my subconscious mm, because yep. I have to keep running. So it's like my spirit just flows. And then the ideas I have flow, because a lot of times when you make music, you have to kind of like flush out stuff. You know, sometimes it's, there's a, the melody comes in, it's like gibberish, right. but you, you, then you try to fit the words that match the emotions, that right. melody. Mm -hmm. So, but if you are conscious of yourself, then you're afraid to sit, talk gibberish or, you know, it's like you become sensitive to everybody else around you. For so sure. I usually have written by myself, but in, in recent times I'm starting to write with people Okay. and that's been, you know, um, and that's been, there's been some success in that in terms of like creating something that I'm, I'm proud of, Yeah. but I find a lot of times there's a certain detachment because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing it as part of my therapy. Okay, right. I think I understand yeah. what you're saying. It seems a little bit more forced, is that, or or too produced in, in the actual Yeah, creation? exactly, forced into, exactly. Right. I, I feels a little bit too produced, and it feels a little bit of trying to make things perfect. Right. Whereas with me, I'm not really, like, I love pop music, and I want to make sure that my music pops, in a sense, it's like, it's, it's accepted by the masses. Right. But... I feel like I also wanted to have a lot of soul in it sure. and not have, not be so structured. One of my favorite artists is D'Angelo. Mm, yeah. And, and I just love the, sometimes the beats, the drums in D'Angelo's songs are a bit behind. Right. Right. And it's almost, if you listen to it from like an untrained ear, then you're probably just like, Ugh, I don't have the time for this. Right. Right. But the more you start to go, you listen to it in Delph DP, there's a genius in it, you know? And it's almost like a, 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 a it's like a lack of urgency that's really good. Right, right. And I think it just, when you allow yourself to be used and not feel, uh, what's the word, guarded, I think that's when the best yeah. music comes out. So I could see that sometimes in a co-writing session, like you said, that gibberish or the desire to, to do that would be a little bit less because you don't want to come off as a crazy person because essentially writing exactly. a song is you know you're tapping into something that very few people can really understand especially when it just when the song or melody or or the words just come to you like it's not something that yeah. is easily explained and everybody's yeah. different some people have to tap into you know that that with other methods you know whether it be running you know some might have to light up something or be in a certain space yes. or you know it, it, whatever it takes but i can i can kind of understand the co-writing um the apprehensiveness of co-writing with somebody because yeah everybody's method is different exactly i put it to you this way like when i'm running i feel like i'm a vessel of god wow okay because i feel like it's just flowing through me right when I am in co-writing sessions and very structured production sessions, I feel like I am manuf I feel like it's me creating it, like I'm right. manufacturing things right. and putting right, things right, in right. place. 
yeah so that, i think that's the best analogy for me i still i do a bit of both but i still prefer because the other part is also my therapy i'm also yes. going through like my own feelings and so what am i feeling in this moment yeah. what what's affecting me what have i noticed in my surroundings and um, just out of curiosity, uh, do you subscribe to, because some artists do this and some don't, and there's no right or wrong answer. I just love to ask people their process. But when you're, um, your writing process, do you take time and are you disciplined in writing? Or I mean, like, do you block out a particular time every day or once a week or a couple of days a week to write? Or is it something hits you when you're running and I'm going to run with this idea and I don't know when the next idea is going to come to me? So I try to do a bit of both. So there are moments in my life where I like I try to structure sessions with art, with producers and that's where I start to do most of the writing. But I, I like to run every week. Right. So when I'm running, I am. Like, so that way it's like, I'm not only am I getting my exercise in, I'm also creating. So right. it's like a thing where I, if I don't do it once a week, I feel I'm settled. I feel nervous. For sure. I guess my anxiety starts to come up. So yeah. I have to do it every week and I start to create something. But also during the week, I create ideas, but it depends on what kind of melodies are in my head. And there are days, there'll be times in the week where a day I'll create like four different ideas. Okay. And then I don't create another idea for a couple of days. Right. And then, but at least if I don't create a song in, in, in a week or two, I, like my, my, my anxiety starts to go up. Right. But oh, I, I totally understand what you're saying. And um, I'm just curious. So you do not necessarily come up with a melody while you're running. Sometimes a melody will come to you, but then you're kind of creating the entire song while you're running. Or is it, am I off on that? If I like, so I, when I'm running, I listen to, I'll listen to a, like a beat that I've been like, I thought I, I think it's good or yeah. I've been thinking about. So I, during the week, I, during the week, I'll like think here a beat and then I'll save it for a run or I'll start it and I'll, and I'll just save it for a run. Cause when I'm running, I feel like my vessel is cleaner and okay. it's, there's a lot of air. Yeah. So some, it depends on it. Sometimes I'll create the melody idea, but if I'm really, really affected by something, then some, there are moments where I create the whole song. Okay in a run yeah, yeah yeah it just depends on like it depends on where i'm at with it like it depends on like like what i'm going through sure. and just how much of that you know it's like a vessel like how much of my my airways are like blocked right if there's any yeah, yeah. blockages in my spirit you know there are moments in my life where i'm going through certain stuff where i'm not really i'm not really able to tap into that message or whatever but there are moments in my life where it's just like i'm just so creative and yeah. stuff happens but i like to keep doing it as a practice because you know sometimes some ideas are really good and some ideas are just okay absolutely you know, just to keep the practice going no that makes sense i read a book called uh and if you haven't read it i anyone listening i strongly strongly recommend any creative person to listen to it's called the war of art by Stephen Pressfield. It's a very short read, but it's a really, really good book. And I think it's important okay. for a lot of artists, songwriters, or any creative to actually um, to read. I, def I bought it as soon as I read the first three pages. I knew that this book was necessary. Really, really. Is good. it on Audible? It's on Audible, yeah. You can definitely listen to okay. it as well. Yeah. Um, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna it's like a less than 100 pages, the book. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in that sure. book, it talks about <laughs> resistance. And we have various words, but the author chose resistance in this book as some of the reasons why, you know, art 
some people can't actually take the dive into creating because we put all these resistive blocks in our way and you need to be constantly exercising like you said literally the the exercise of writing and creating allows you to be used more often so that kind of keeps the the gateway open and i i just i it resonated when you had mentioned that you know sometimes when you're running or sometimes when you're down that gateway is closed you know there's some days when you can't really tap into that because of what's going on in the world or in your life you know what i mean so yeah it's um I, you had mentioned while you're running and i was just curious in the run how do you how are you able to capture some of these gems that you create while you're in the your state of running do you stop and open up voice note and do something or you can just lock it yeah. into your memory no i have like i have like my the app that gives me the biggest problem is my voice notes because i have just have so many of yeah, them yeah, yeah. so i just <laughs> so a lot of my songs always start from a voice note Same. i know yeah. some people like um some people like have like they do it on a on a computer software wait wait to get home yeah. i just like i like a voice note because i feel like i capture the spirit yeah. and i don't and i keep that spirit until i record it because sometimes with the music a lot of times the delivery is depending on how much you believe in the story in itself. Yeah. And if you repeat, someone's like, if you repeat, it's like Chinese, I don't know if the Chinese whispers is, is uh, a bad word, but it's like when you, when you say things a couple times, it loses its effect every, every moment in which you, you, you say, it, yeah. you know, and yeah. it becomes, it changes the dynamic. So my voice notes is how I, I keep, I just, I keep my voice notes on and I just keep recording it. So sometimes when people like, are watching you run, do you look like a crazy person? <laughs> yes. So that's another thing. My friends always say that because yeah. they'd be like every time, because I, I used to have a running club with my friends and they'd be like, every time you run past you, there's like a weird sound that you always do. Like, <laughs> it doesn't matter what it is. Yeah, yeah. Like it's a, you're like, they're like, you're the most annoying person to run with because right, you right. just, you're just always yelling, you know? <laughs> yelling, yeah, yeah, because you can't even hear yeah. with the headphones on. Yeah, I can't hear with the headphones. And That's sometimes funny. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I'm trying to, like, transmit the, the like, to remind myself of the power which I have to sing a particular part right, of the song, right. you know? So, yeah. That's yeah. interesting. And I totally, uh, I kind of can relate to some of the voice notes uh, and having it flooded. But is there any other tools that you use or instruments that you use that you feel are essential to your songwriting? Like after you come home with that voice note, is there something else that you do? Do you open up a laptop and get busy or like, what is, what, what other tools or instruments do you use for your songwriting? Um, something that has been helpful to me is, and I don't, I, I, obviously I don't think it's for everybody. Yeah, of course. Um, I'm not here like preaching the gospel of it, yeah. but for me, psychedelics, like, so especially mushrooms. Right. Wow. Um, had been really helpful for me in opening that blockage. I feel like the first time I, and I've always written before then, but it's always just maybe like weed. It's me smoking weed. Yeah. But I think when I started microdosing mushrooms, it helped me learn myself because I wow. felt like I was writing. But initially when I started writing, it was about these desires of love that I always wanted. Yeah. But they were like in the way it was kind of surface. Yeah. Um, but, um, being me tapping like does help me be more spiritual and just lean into God more wow. and also just lean into myself and listen to what I'm trying to say, you know, to sure. help me get out the way. Of course. You know, yeah. That's um, a my own way. way. To so those, that's so, yeah. So I microdose on, so I run diff on different times, but on Saturdays or Sundays during the weekend, I usually microdose 
and I go running and then um, and then the music just starts that way and it helps me help me that's beautiful so in that creative process what do you think is the most challenging part for you like um, is it coming up with like once you have the melody because for me it's more like the chorus and the verses the melody is kind of like the easiest part for me it's kind of yeah. you know, matching having the right message in that melody i feel sometimes but i'm yeah. curious like what what's the biggest challenge for you in that creative process of writing a song it, it's probably some of the words yeah um there's songs where all the words come out but i have this song that every time i play it for a friend i haven't recorded it yet right. because i haven't finished writing the song but it's like 70 percent done okay but i have this melody that where i do a falsetto for like a couple seconds mm -hmm. but i don't have the words for it so sometimes i can sit on that and then one day i'll just it'll hit me somebody sends me a text or i see a word on a billboard right and i'm like mm, yeah that's yeah, it yeah, you yeah. know that fits perfectly and it and it just brings the whole story together like for example i have this song i'm releasing next even that song like the hook was different the hook was more um and I think I cheat myself in this way, and I want to get to a point where I free myself off of people's expectations. Mm. But I understand as you're making music, what what strikes a chord. Right. You know? And like I had another melody that I personally loved for the for the hook for the song, but I was just like I know the the average listener. So one and and I was you know I changed the hook because I felt, but I still love the second hook. Yeah. But you know it's it's I I tend to think of music music making as once I make the songs, that's the satisfaction for me. The greatest part of me making music is me writing the songs. Nothing else in making music is can satisfy me in that sense. Okay. Um, but once I release it, I'm releasing it for people, to people. You know, I want it to edify people. I want it to like be the best version of what they can accept, and in a way, like train the listener. Because there's going to be a moment in me making music where I want to go deeper and make you know my own version of uh this d'angelo has that the vanguard album yeah you know where it's like not the most digestible but when you get it you get it and yeah you stick yeah. to it because it's it's deep so. yeah absolutely i was just actually listening to really love off of that album and, uh, yeah and that's so brilliant that's the next and that's the most probably the most easily absorbable song on that. Right, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because if you try to listen to any of the other songs, then it becomes even the mix just feels like it feels like almost like Kanye's Jesus. Yeah, yeah. That's where a it's good like comparison. it's intentionally made to make you feel something, not just for easy listening. You have to like digest it, and when you get it, you get it. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. That's uh, yeah, that's interesting. And just touching back on what you were saying, how you know you you create the music for yourself but you ultimately want to make sure it has some commercial appeal so that the audience can receive it's well received by your audience. How do you yeah. struggle or how do you balance that out in the creative process? So usually like I make a lot of songs and in a year I'm probably making over 50 some songs, right. you know, yep. but a lot of times I have to think of it. That process is a spiritual one for me. Yeah. And there are songs that I love that are never going to see the light of day. Amen. And maybe yep. they will at some point. Right. Yeah, because, but for me, that's that doesn't matter to me as much because what happens is I play my music for work, like like people from different backgrounds. Usually yep. people who are not music people. Yeah. 
because a lot of times I think in the music industry, we kind of do this thing sometimes where it's like clowns playing for clowns, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, it's like yeah. you, you want another artist to like love what you're doing right. and, and, and mess with it. But a lot of times it's the everyday people that go to work, that go to school that are going to use it. your music yeah. for something. Exactly. Yeah. When another artist plays me, my music plays me their music sometimes I find myself listening to it, but listening to it in, I don't, I'm not, I'm not a good um, absorber of art, artist music because especially yeah, like I, for example, I don't listen to, I listen to a lot of older music. Yeah. Like my music I listen to is from the nineties, eighties, seventies. My friends always say I'm, I listen to the dead homies, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's like, I don't like, cause when I feel like I've becoming a writer, I have, I've become almost like numb to the process of new music where right. I listen to it and I'm either comparing myself to it and, uh, or I'm like crit- criticizing it unfairly. Or so it's like, I'm another not a- thing that we, I, I'm sure you do this too. Yeah. You'll hear something and be like, I would have did this, or you're already creating yeah. a new song in your head. You know, exactly. Yeah. So I'm not necessarily enjoying the music in the way it was meant to be enjoyed, right. you know? So I'm like, I, 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 uh, yeah. So, I, I play it for art for people that are not don't have anything to do with music, and I listen to their body language. Right. So a lot of times, people, you know, when they're your friends or they're your family, they don't want to hurt your feelings. Exactly. Yeah. So most people are gonna lie to you. They're probably just gonna be like, "Yeah, it's okay." <laughs> yeah. But if you see them tapping their head, or you see them striking emotional, there's an emotional part of it. There's a body reaction. Yeah. Like people, we all, when we listen to music, especially for the first time, there's a bodily reaction we get. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a way you, like, I love the song Superstitions. Very, by, by yeah, um, yeah, Stevie yeah. Wonder. Yeah. When, when I, when I hear it, I can't help but move. It's right. not, it's even the thing that, it's my, something my subconscious does. Yeah. So I listen for those things. And when I'm, because I, I learned that from like Motown, you know, a lot of times with, with, with um, when I was watching these Motown documentaries, they were essentially making music like a factory, yeah. you know, yeah. the songs were being created, but they were testing it out. You know, it's at the end of the day, music is a business. Right. So you have to be able to test it out to people. You have to do like a market test because for me, the best part of it is creating the songs. That's already forever going to live in my heart. Yeah. But if I want to give it out to people, I want to make sure that they can, they can digest it the same way if you're a chef. And you like spicy food, you making a spicy food for yourself is good. Yeah. But when you have to make spicy food for other people, you don't want them burning their tongues right, or getting right. sued or you getting sued, you know? Yeah. So I kind of treat it the same way. Um no, yeah. that make, that makes a lot of sense. And I think um I think a balance of both of listening, uh, having people that have nothing really to do with music and other people can kind of, the truth is somewhere in the middle. Right. So I think in the middle, exactly. I yeah. Think, uh, that's a good, that's a good practice to have. Now, when, when are you, or when do you feel you're ready to share that song with, you know, these people, when do you actually know that a song is finished? Whew. It's uh, it's getting tougher now. Yeah. Um, usually before it was just me recording it and just me being like, and me testing it out. And yeah. then if, if I if I liked it and everybody tested it out, and I'm like, okay, that's going. That's I have to start planning this to go out now. Right, right. Um, now I'm now I'm become more involved in the production process of some of my songs. Right. And that's becoming a little bit more frustrating because you have to go back and forth with so many processes. You have to write the song, then you have to give it to a producer who like produces it. And sometimes they adding they, what they think is their interpretation of what you wrote. Right. And then it becomes like you having to go through this process. But for me, when it feels right, I, I let it go. 
And I try not to, because I, I, in my journey as, a, as an artist, I met a lot of people. Like, I met this guy, and I'm not judging him at all because I have empathy, but I met this guy who had, like, all of the, all of the nice equipment. And he was creating music every day, and he would always have girls come over to his place. And, most every, like, and you know, these girls were loving the music. It was almost a party we throw in yeah. his apartment every week. But I tell you, like, from that moment onwards till now, that person has never released any of that song, right, those songs. Right. Because you can you can live so much in just being the over-analytical. Yep. And it's like, that's not the way, you're not going to grow that way. And sometimes there's a lot of songs where people love the imperfections of it, you know? When you listen to, uh, as um, what song is it by D'Angelo? There's a song by D'Angelo. I reference D'Angelo a lot because I'm just amazed by him. Yeah, of course, he's a genius. But I, I think it's How Does It Feel. If you listen to How Does It Feel, it cuts off he cuts off like abruptly. Yeah, yep. and I remember like I just thought like it was it was just a yell. He was yelling like he was screaming at the top of his lungs, and then it stopped before he could finish it. And then I was like, I always thought, why would that happen? And then I remember watching an interview with his engineer, and he was like, Oh, it's just simply because they ran out of tape. Right, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and like, some people think that there's, there's some like this this oh like this really introspective reasoning or elaborate <laughs> yeah. scheme as to why yeah. they did that, but that's that's yeah. funny. Or even like the song by Missing You by Case. I'm missing you. So that song, I remember even in, there's a part in the song where he's like yelling and he's like, I, I thought he was saying, I can't say no more. Mm, yeah, but yeah, in the yeah. song, he's saying, I can't sing anymore because I guess his throat was hurting. So oh. people would tell him to sing. <laughs> and in the part, he's actually saying, I can't, I can't, sing I can't no sing no more. Yeah, like he's right. telling his, his people that my throat is like, I'm losing <laughs> energy yeah, yeah, here, yeah. you know? Wow. And and for me, that's one of the iconic parts of the song. So sometimes it's always just okay to leave the imperfections in the music because people connect with that. And that might be the magic that separates you from... Because um, there are songs to me that I think are way too perfect. Yes. <laughs> you know, I love, And I think that that's sometimes I listen to pop songs now and that's what draws me back because yep. I feel like it just seems to, it seems very, very tailored. It doesn't right. feel like we can get dirty to this, you know, it right, doesn't right, feel like right. we can, and I think, so a lot of times it comes and it goes, but sometimes you listen to like, like songs from back in the day where they have like a drum break yep. or something, you know, and he just keeps it going. It, 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 I think that's what a part of what just me to me because then the soul is there, you know? I agree wholeheartedly. That's uh, mm. well said. Um, so I don't know if you actually answered when you know the song is finished, but I'm going to assume that you never really know, but at some point yeah. in time, you kind of just have to say, this is the iteration I'm going to release. Let's see how it goes. And maybe you come back exactly. after people hear it and change it up. But um, specifically, because you have a new single that you touched on that is coming out called Shantae's Groove, right? Yes. Um, so when when you were creating that song, when did you feel like, okay, this is the single, the world is going to be ready for this in the upcoming months? Ooh, I, like to be honest, I stressed out about that song a lot. Right. Um, because it's, I, I can give it away, but it forced me to do something I've never really done in music. Okay. Because a lot of times I would hear a beat and I think it's maybe my, um, I don't know, I, everybody says ADD, but maybe it's mine version of that, where it's like, I, from the moment I hear a song, I create the beat, the song from the beginning to the end, literally not leaving any space mm. in between the song okay. until it, until the, the last second. But a friend of mine who's named Shantae um, kind of was like, you know, sometimes you need to let the song breathe. 
And so I did that and I did it and I really liked what I did with the song, but I was, you know, stressing out like, am I doing enough here? Like, is it okay for me just to leave, let the, let the beat breathe in this way yeah, yeah. and I take a step back. Um, so, but at some point I started to play for other people and they were like, Oh, I love it. Cause I thought my, the song that everybody was going to love was my latest release hanging with you, which people love too. Yeah, yeah. But I played this release for people and they're like, Oh, I like this better than the other one. Like I love both of them, but I like this one because this one makes me, this is more upbeat. So it makes people, there's a groove to it. Right. And it seems more, it seems more like laid back listening. Okay. And yeah. when, uh, when do we expect uh, that the public can hear that song? Um, it's going to be out January 12th. Um, and it's featuring a, a friend of mine and also like a frequent collaborator of mine, uh, Zen Soul. Um, and yeah, it's out January 12th. And when you go into these, I'm sure that's going to lead up to an EP eventually, right? Yes. When you go yeah. into these types of projects, do you kind of um, come up with a theme or do you have like uh, specific goals when you are writing a new song or creating a new EP? I think that's another spiritual part of it is sure. like, it feels like a vessel, like I'm like I'm meant to be saying something. Absolutely. This is, so the first project I released was called Love Songs for No One. And it's kind of like about my, my, be me always being habitually single. Okay. And chasing like these relationships that are all a bit short term. Um, and then the second one was How to Make Love, which is me trying to, my interpretation of the process of falling in love. Like how I envision meeting somebody up until the day I, get married to them and have kids and stuff. Right. This one, I was kind of like, I started it, it's called Velvet Soul. And yeah. I started it writing a lot of slower songs and it was good, but I, I was kind of frustrated because I was like, what am I, where am I taking this? Right. And then over the last couple of months, I kind of like got a reinvigoration in terms of creativity. And I started creating more, all this upbeat songs that are like wonderful. Okay. And so this is the first project where there's no, th it's not thematic in terms of like I'm telling a story. I'm telling us each song is its own thing. Right. Okay. And, but it's, it, it's, it, it, it is thematic in the sound. So it's more like, you know, I miss the days. Like I love Donald Jones and yeah. you know, there's this, you know, you know, what's up like yeah, that's yeah. crazy. And I was like, why is it that like, we don't really have a lot of times when we hear R and B and I love, don't get me wrong. I love Daniel Caesar. I love like Raheem, who's also from Toronto. Yep. I love like John Vino. I love all these people. But I was like, you know, when, when I'm, I want, like, I was like, but I remember the days when I was growing up and it, in a barbecue, it's R&B. Yep. You know, you two-step to music. Yep. Oh, we're like dancing in a club with it, you know. Exactly. Um, and I was like, you know, I want to kind of like not bring that back, but, you know, give my own interpretation of that. Right, so right. That's becoming a new version of, to make two-step music <laughs> yeah, yeah. for all intents and purposes. Yeah. So Bring that's what back. the next project is. It was is. a great time yeah. in music and, uh, yeah, that'd be dope. I, 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 I'm excited to hear the new single and do you have a title for the EP? Uh, it's called Velvet Soul. Velvet Soul. Right. And, uh, yeah. do we have an exact date or just should we look for that in the spring? Yeah. That's just more of the springtime. I'm thinking of it. Cause I started, like I said, last year, my only releases of this year, 2023 were two, two slower songs. Yep. Um, and then one mid tempo, which is like hanging with you. And then most of the records that I'm releasing are more in, in the direction of hanging with you. Yeah. But I also have songs that follow the slower, more soulful music. So I'm thinking of making it a double project, but I'm still kind of like 
you know, weighing out the options and seeing where that goes. So, but hopefully the spring, but hopefully the spring. All right. We'll look forward to that. And before we let you go, I just have one, maybe one or two more questions at the most. What, um, what would you say looking back on the year, what are you most proud of in 2023? 2023. And it doesn't even have to be music related, just anything. Uh, I think I have been taking care of myself more. Good, yeah. Mentally, I think I when I first started music, I was just in a place where I was like rushing, you know. Yeah. I released, um, so this year has been the, the longest in between releasing music okay. I've done. So like, the, like I haven't released anything for the past six months. Right, um, right. No, well, I guess six months, yeah. Uh, but that's not usually the case with me. Gotcha. Like, and actually, five months. Usually, I'm releasing a song every other month. But I think I thought there was a lot of things that happened in my life this year. I got nominated for a Juno, which was great. Congratulations! But again. it was also, yeah, thank you. And it was, but there's also a lot of frustration in terms of where I saw myself and where I currently am. Right. But I, I, I didn't, and I felt like I was burning out. So I, I, I took the time out to take care of myself, and I started, you know, appreciating my friends a lot more appreciating my family a lot more. So I think, um, yeah, like what, what I'm most appreciative of my highlight of this year is me taking care of myself Beautiful. Like mentally. And That's just, good. Yeah. And I hope you continue yeah. that practice going into 2024. Do you have any well, goals you. or things that, you know, our audience can be excited for other than the EPs or anything else we should be excited for yeah. the honest guy in 2024? So, uh, to do a tour, yes. um, is, is the, is the biggest, um, like it's one of my big goals for 2024, um, Toronto, Montreal, LA, and maybe England. Okay. Um, you know, but Toronto and Montreal for sure. Yeah. Um, um, and just start to build out the audience. I want to, I want to, apart from just releasing music, I want to grow the audience. I want to touch people who listen to my music. Cause a lot of times I'm usually surprised by people who tell me they listen. Right. Um, you know, as an artist, you, you write these things in your private time and you hope that people listen to them. Sometimes you see Spotify numbers or um, Apple Music numbers. Yeah, and congrats on your, sounds... your over a million in Spotify. Congrats on oh, that, by the way. Oh, thank you so much. That's thank a you. big, big thing uh, and yeah. it shouldn't be, you know, overlooked. That's that's a tough and a big milestone for any artist. So you should definitely pat yourself on the back for that one. Oh, congratulations. Thank you so much. Of thank, course. Thank you. Yeah, but I I, I want to I want to touch people personally who listen to the music. I want to be able to play the music for them and 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 so and you know be able to relate to people and you know travel creating the music. So that's my next uh that's the next uh thing I want to accomplish in 2024. Beautiful man. Uh, I look forward to seeing this journey in 2024 and hopefully when or if you do become you know uber famous you don't forget uh the little guys like us and you come back and you talk some more about your ascension into superstardom um before we do let you go for good can you just maybe shout out your social medias or places that people can check you out so i'm using mostly use instagram so it's just the honest guy but If you are listening to this, I hope you just check out the music. That's the most important thing for me. So it's The Honest Guy on all platforms. So T-H-E, Honest, G-U-Y. And it's all one word. So, yeah. And I want to say thank you for interviewing me. Oh, my pleasure, this brother. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your year. God bless. I'm not sure if you're Christian, but Merry Christmas just in case. Yeah. And uh, oh, thank all you. the best in 2024. And I look forward to hearing Shante's group. All right. Thank you. And you too. Have a good one. You too, man. Until next time, everybody. God bless.